Well, good morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to Morning Worship. As always, an extra special welcome to our family and friends who are joining us from other parts of the country and around the world. Our Minister Katrina is on leave until Wednesday evening, so our service this morning is being led by one of our own members, the Reverend Dr Ian Birch, and we're delighted, Ian, that you are leading us in worship this morning. And we'll also hear the voices of Elham and Ali, Emma and Ken. We'll be singing along with recordings of ourselves, so we'll hear Paul on keyboard, and we've just heard Rico, Leo and Ailey, and thank you for that. In a few minutes, we'll be lighting our candle and we are all invited to light a candle of our own at the same time. And just a wee reminder that there is no evening service today, no evening service today. However, our second uh, chill out and chat session uh, is on this Wednesday at 8pm when the theme will be the turn of the year. Uh, it's not quite Hogmanay, but this is a chance just to get together and talk very informally about what we will remember most about 2020 and what our hopes are for 2021. Uh, there's no need to pre-book to be part of this. Uh, just look out for an old church email from me during the day on Wednesday with uh, the Zoom invitation. So that's chill out and chat on Wednesday evening, 8pm till 9, just to talk about what we're going to remember of 2020 and what our hopes are for 2021. Then next Sunday at 11am, Katrina and members of the congregation will lead our morning worship on the theme of hope. So now it's over to Ian and Elizabeth to lead us in the lighting of our candles. Well, I invite you to um, say the responsive words as, uh, as we light the candle. In our looking into 2021, May the God of hope be with us. In our lamenting the losses of 2020, may the God of peace be with us. In our celebrations of Christmas, may the God of joy be with us. In our caring for the world, may the God of love be with us. In our living of life in all its fullness, may we know that God is with us. Well, good morning, everyone, and uh, thank you for this privilege of leading our worship this morning. It's the first Sunday after Christmas, the Sunday after the party is over, maybe. And maybe some of us are feeling a wee bit exhausted. Maybe some of us are feeling relieved it's all just over. Looking back on an eventful year, we're looking forward in hope of better things. But today we gather as God's people, to remind ourselves that God is with us, as he has been and will be every day in every circumstance. So as we begin our service uh, today, I want to read uh, some words from Psalm 148, because it's uh, a beautiful invitation for all creation to come and praise the Lord. No one and nothing in all creation is, is excluded from the invitation to come and to join in worship and praise of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his host. 
Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters and all deeps. Kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth. Young men and women alike, old and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. ای پدر ما که در آسمانی نام تو مقدس باق ملکوت تو برقرار گردد اراده تو آنچنان که در آسمان ها جاری است در زمین نیز اجرا شود نان روزانه ما را امروز و هر روز به ما عطا فرما از قرض و گناه ما بگذر همانطور که ما از قرض و گناه دیگران میگذریم ما را در شریر میاور بلکه از شریر محفوظ بدار که ملکوت و جلال تا عبد الاباد از آن توست آمن Almighty God we join our hearts and our voices this morning with those of believers around the globe who gather to worship Christ our King He who is Emmanuel God with us is the bringer of peace, of joy, hope and love. And our prayer today is that he would fill our lives afresh with your holy presence and the life of your spirit. Living God, may the worship that we have shared this Christmas lead to acts of service which transform people's lives. May the carols that we have sung this Christmas 
help others to sing, even in their sadness. May the gifts we have exchanged this Christmas deepen our spirit of giving throughout the year. May the candles we have lit this Christmas remind us that you intend no one to live in darkness. May the new people that we have met this Christmas remind us that we meet you in our neighbours. May the gathering together of family and friends this Christmas make us appreciate anew the gift of loved ones. May the stories we have told again this Christmas be good news of great joy to us and all people on our lips and in our lives. May the ways that you have come close to us this Christmas not be forgotten, but hidden in our memories. Be a rich resource to lift us when times are painful and humble, humble us when things go well. For you are our life, our light and our salvation this season and always. Because of Jesus Christ, our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. Thank you. 
Our first reading this morning comes from Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7 to 10. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sights of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. The second reading is from Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. second reading comes from Luke chapter 2 verse 8 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, 
and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace on those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Ever since um, school days, when we all used to sing while shepherds washed their socks by night, trying... uh, trying so hard to avoid being reprimanded by a very strict French headmaster that we had. The part played by shepherds in the story of the birth of Jesus is one that I warm to. Who were these shepherds? What are they doing in the Christmas story? Why were they chosen as the first ones to hear the good news about the birth of the Son of God? I often think surely there were more important people to whom God would want to announce the news of the birth of his son. There were priests in the temple, there were scribes and there were Pharisees, scholars, theologians, devout and holy people praying for God to come and rescue Israel. And yet God chooses these to be the first ones to hear the news. I was remembering that when my sister and brother-in-law got married, Uh, His father put an announcement in in the Times about the engagement. Now, he didn't read the Times, but it was just important to him that uh, a certain strata of of society should should know the news uh, about this upcoming wedding. But one of the startling things about the way in which the events of Christmas unfold is that God chooses to reveal his master plan for the salvation of the world to ordinary, even less than ordinary people. Just as Joseph and Mary were not rich or powerful or well-connected, so too the shepherds were nothing special in their society either. In fact, the shepherds were amongst the most despised groups of Jewish people of the time. They were considered irreligious because they didn't keep the ceremonial law. They were usually regarded as dishonest because they moved around the country looking for grazing for their sheep. And they had this unfortunate tendency to confuse thine with mine and were commonly known as thieves. 
so untrustworthy that shepherds were barred from giving evidence in court. So shepherds lived on the margins of society, performing a necessary task for temple worship by looking after the sheep that were needed for sacrifices, but treated as outsiders. And it was to them that God's message first came. Came in the dead of night, in pitch darkness, when suddenly angels surrounded them. Not a regular occurrence, I wouldn't have thought, for them or anyone. And no wonder they were terrified uh, by this experience. But what strikes us here is the, the juxtaposition of opposites. That from the very highest place of heaven, glowing with the glory of the Lord, angels come to the lowest place on earth, where dirt and dishonesty were found aplenty. The glory of the Lord was supposed to be reserved for the special place in the temple behind the Holy of Holies. But here we see that God is not and cannot be confined or contained. And it's as though God breaks out from this holy place to appear to these shepherds, declaring to them that he brings good news for all people, including them. And this seems to me to be the first point of this part of the, the Christmas story, to emphasise that what God is doing in giving us his son is truly good news for all people. It's not just good news for the usual suspects, the rich and the powerful, the good and the noble, the religious and the successful. It is truly good news for everyone, especially the marginalised, especially the outcasts, the sinners, the lonely, the guilty, the confused, the sad and the weary, those who thought that they were forgotten and did not matter. Now Luke's telling of the gospel story will have a lot more to say about this theme as he goes on. And it calls us as followers of Christ to see the world and its people through God's eyes of inclusion and compassion and love. Now another way in which God emphasises his interest and concern for the poor in this story and for the downtrodden is the sign that is given to the shepherds about the baby that they are to go and find. Notwithstanding the, uh, the hymn that we sang about the holly and the ily, which, ivy, which talked about Jesus being wrapped up in silk, it tells us that he was actually wrapped up in cloths, something much more uh, straightforward and, uh, and mundane, and lying in a manger. No sleep soup for Jesus, no carry cot for this baby, just cloths and an animal's feeding trough. Isn't it remarkable how everything about the circumstances surrounding the birth of Jesus shouts out to us of God's intention to come from the glory of heaven to the lowest place of earth and to begin his work of salvation from the bottom upwards. I can't help but wonder whether this story was the inspiration of the hymn in Philippians 2, which talks uh, about the, the Son of God 
laying aside the glory, not holding on to the glory of heaven, but willing to come as a servant and in poverty to redeem us all. Now, in contrast to the circumstances of Jesus's birth in poverty and obscurity, what about the message of the angels to the shepherds? They come to tell them that he is the savior, the Messiah. Here is the Lord who has come among us in this way. These are really potent words because they're cast in the form of an imperial proclamation as part of Luke's counter-propaganda of what the birth of Jesus means for the world. Do you remember how uh, the story of the birth of Jesus begins in Luke with those unusual names of Augustus and Quirinius? And have you wondered ever why Luke mentions these Roman rulers? Well, there is a point to this. Augustus was the adopted son of Julius Caesar, who became the ruler of the Roman Empire in 31 BC after a bloody civil war with Mark Antony. And when he became the ruler of the empire, the first thing he did was to announce that he had brought peace and justice to the whole world, the Pax Romana. And then he declared Julius to be a god. And this had the rather fortunate spin-off effect for, for Augustus of making him to be the son of God. So a clever little manoeuvre there, uh, calling your father God. And so the people hailed Augustus, the son of God, the saviour of the world, king and even the Lord. And meanwhile, far from Rome, on the eastern edge of the empire, a boy was born whom angels are announcing to be the saviour, the messiah, the Lord, the one that God himself has truly sent. And he will be the source of justice and peace for the world. A peace that is to be built by loving one another. A peace that is to be built by forgiving enemies, embracing the lost, being a neighbour to the needy. And so after the angels had left the scene, having given their message, the shepherds went to see for themselves whether all of this was true or whether it was something that uh, had crept up upon them in the dead of night when they were tired beyond belief. So they went and we don't know what they saw. We don't know what they felt. We don't know what was said between them and Mary and Joseph. But what Luke does tell us is that when they had been to see this child and his mother and father, they were transformed by this encounter. They became the first believing, worshipping community. The shepherds returned praising and glorifying God for all that they had seen and heard. And I find it a wonderful thought that what began so long ago, we, be, we continue to do today, to worship, to thank and to praise God for all that he has done and for all people in giving us a saviour to bring forgiveness and mercy, goodness and grace, hope and strength. And so they also became the first worshipping, uh, witnessing 
group as they spread the word concerning this child. The news which came from heaven to earth, they begin to spread in their local community. And Luke tells us it goes beyond them to the very farthest points of the world. And this is the news that God is with us and God will save us. And so as I reflect on this story about the shepherds, whether they watched their flocks or washed their socks or washed their socks as they watched their flocks by night, it was to them, to them, the poorest, lowest, most insignificant people of their time that the news was first given. It was these shepherds who were top of the guest list for the kingdom of God. And first to know that God has come to us, abides with us, is our Lord, Emmanuel. Amen. And now let us bring our prayers for others and for ourselves. Let us all pray. And so, dear Lord, we arrive at the last Sunday of the year, a year which has been for us without precedent, a year in which we have had many trials and tribulations, many changes to our living circumstances, many threats to health and even to our very existence. A year when the lives of school children and university students have been disrupted. A year when businesses have been under siege. And a year when many of the ordinary patterns of social interaction and communication have had to change. Not least our gathering together as members of our church fellowship. Particularly in these past days, we have been under the shadow of uncertainty as Christmas has been celebrated in routines which have been very different. For many, instead of being a season of happy family gatherings and reunions, it has had to be a time of loneliness and isolation. For many, instead of the usual annual gatherings for the Christmas meal and warm conviviality, it has had to be one of social distance and isolation. For many, instead of being a time of renewal of family and friendship bonding, it has had to be at arm's length, lacking the opportunity for a hug and a warm embrace. We're all human with human emotions and feelings, and we long for the comfort of companionship and the reassurance that we are loved and that we matter. And yet throughout this year, we've been we have reminded ourselves of the promise of your abiding presence with us and your steadfast love for each and every one of us. We have found comfort and consolation in our gathering together for worship, and we are grateful for the existence of the technology which has allowed us to remain together in spirit, if apart in body. We give thanks for our church leaders and our minister who have spent so much time and effort to ensure that we could remain as a worshiping community throughout all the practical challenges of these past months. This morning on the last Sunday of the year, we would bring our prayers to you knowing that you are ready to hear our petitions and to grant the grace to continue in faith. We pray first of all for the leaders of the nations. Enormous burdens fall upon the shoulders of those who hold offices of power with responsibility. 
we think of those who govern the nations and all political leaders at international, national and local level, we pray that they may be given wisdom in their decision-making and strength and tenacity to persevere. In Britain, we face the twin challenges of the COVID virus in its latest manifestation and our imminent detachment from Europe under Brexit. These two factors have hugely have huge significant influence on our lives in terms of health, welfare, economic prosperity, and our relationships internationally and domestically. Lord, we ask that your ever arching love may be manifest to each and all of us as we live through these uncertain times and that we may find comfort in our faith in God who knows our predicament and who will never forsake us or forget us. Turning our attention to those causes and situations we are asked to pray for today, we would remember the work of the BMS worldwide. And particularly this week, we think of missionary work in Uganda and Guinea, and also the Nepali Baptist partners. Also rural work in Afghanistan and Mozambique. All of these efforts are being undertaken in times of great trial amidst all the usual constraints on resources and in the midst of the worldwide pandemic. Within the Baptist family of churches in Scotland, we think today of the fellowships at Wick and Keese in the north, Wigton in the south and Wisher in the central belt. We ask that they will be blessed in all their endeavours in their own particular context. In our own fellowship at Hillhead, we pray especially today for Fiona and Donnie, Edith F., Ehan and Annis, and also for all who have been part of our church community through this past year. And we reflect how that community has been increased and enhanced and widened by those who have joined us online from throughout Scotland and in the wider world. This coming Friday is New Year's Day. And despite all the trials of the passing year, we would give thanks to God our Father who has sustained us in these past days. And we would look forward in faith to the gift of time in the days that are to come in the new year. Finally, as a Christian family, we pray for the grace and strength that we may step forward into the new year of 2021, bonded together in love for one another, and still hoping, helping, and hanging together. For we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
May we go, ready to see God at work in the world, open to hope for God's ways in the world, and holding God's love in our lives. And the blessing of God, loving Father, newborn Son and living Spirit go with us, and to all those who are given to, that we are given to love this day into 2021 and always. Amen.